Support for Georgia College Connections comes from Georgia College, Georgia's public liberal arts university, providing the experience students would expect from a private college with the affordability of a public university. For more information, gcsu.edu. Thank you for tuning in to Georgia College Connections and WRGC 88.3 FM. I'm your host, Daniel McDonald, and on this episode, we're again recognizing October as Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Today, we're talking about a familiar site on Georgia College's front campus, and that's the annual exhibit of the Clothesline Project. The Clothesline Project is a commentary on gender-based violence that encourages women who have been a victim of violence to express their emotions by decorating a shirt. The shirts are then hung on a clothesline that stretches across front campus, forming a visible reminder of the silence surrounding domestic violence. Joining me today in the studio is Jennifer Graham. Jennifer is the coordinator of the Women's Center at Georgia College, and she was a part of the team that brought the Clothesline Project here to our institution. Jennifer Graham, welcome to Georgia College Connections. Thank you. So glad to be here today. Well, I'm very happy to be able to host you and also uh, very happy to bring this conversation about the Clothesline Project to our radio audience. I'm sure that many of them have seen it and uh, maybe depending upon their relationship to Georgia College, they may have always wondered about what it is. And I'm glad that we're able to just talk about it on the air today. Absolutely. Well, as I stated in the introduction, we're observing Domestic Violence Awareness Month in October, and I thought I'd just start off by asking you if you could provide some context to the extent that domestic violence affects women and men here in Georgia, in our country, maybe internationally. Sure, absolutely. So domestic violence is a, an incredibly prevalent issue that affects folks in our country, in Georgia, and also as well on our campus when we're looking at it from a national perspective, we know that about every nine seconds, someone in the United States experiences some type of dating or domestic violence. One in three women, one in four men, again, at a national level, are experiencing domestic violence at some point over the course of their lifetime. You know, when we're talking about issues of dating and domestic violence, sometimes folks are like, well, what is that? And often what often comes to people's minds immediately is physical abuse, you know, seeing people with, with black eyes. Um, punching, slapping, kicking, heading, pulling hair, some of those types of things. But domestic violence actually encompasses a great deal more than just physical violence. It encompasses emotional abuse, psychological abuse, things like isolation, manipulating, gaslighting. It includes economic abuse, so the controlling of the use of money within a relationship, how it's spent, how it's not spent, is there access to it, is there not access to it. It includes sexual abuse many times, so rape as used as a tactic of power and control in that relationship. But really what all of those things kind of come down to is a systemic and a systematic pattern of power and control that one partner is using to gain and maintain power and control over the other partner. And those are just the various mechanisms by which that abusive partner is, is doing that. Um, so there's a lot there that encompasses domestic violence. And, you know, domestic violence, it really knows no boundaries. It impacts people of all races, of all classes, socioeconomic groups, all genders, sexual orientations, every age. 
There are definitely some areas where there is an increased risk. For example, women between the ages of 16 and 24 are at the highest risk of experiencing dating and domestic violence. It goes beyond that. It knows no bounds of nationality or, or any of those kinds of things. And again, it's just really about that systematic pattern of power and control. And I'm glad that you spoke to uh, just the broadness of the problem of domestic abuse. A little while ago, we had the opportunity to bring one of your colleagues on, and they were talking to um, coercive controlling, which, of course, is not a, a physical form of abuse, but mm-hmm. is just as destructive in the lives of many people. And I think that during that conversation and, and now, you know, we're really talking about the fact that we have generalizations about what domestic violence entails and also, you know, who are the victims of domestic violence. But it really is something that it affects everybody. And even people who may think that they may never be the victim of domestic violence can oftentimes find themselves in a situation where they're in an abusive relationship and they may not see those signs of it at first. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And, and, you know, beyond just the, the two individuals who are in a couple, who may be where there is domestic violence, where one partner is abusing the other. In 2014, in the in the state of Georgia, children witnessed 29% of intimate partner violence. So children are another kind of often forgotten group of individuals who are impacted by domestic violence. Georgia actually ranks ninth in the nation for the rate at which women are killed by men. So we have some incredibly high rates of lethal domestic violence here within the state of Georgia which is kind of scary when we also take into account the fact that 27 counties in Georgia have no access to domestic violence services. So they don't have a domestic violence shelter. They don't have victim witness assistance programs through their DA or solicitor general's office. There's not those kind of comprehensive services available. And that's it's kind of a scary thing when we think about it. Well, in what you just said there, that that really scares me. At, at 29% of children in Georgia witnessing domestic violence. That's one in every four children in our state. And what even further exacerbates my fear about that number is the fact that these forms of violence are often cyclical. Yeah. When children witness this, either through violence that happens in their home, in the lives of family members that they have, or even what they witness through uh, the media and popular Mm -hmm. culture, they may get the idea that that is a normal part of a an adult relationship um, with someone else. And they may unwittingly just be carrying these forms of behavior on into their own lives as as they grow up and, and form relationships with other people. Absolutely. Absolutely. And one of the things, you know, you brought up that kind of cyclical nature, and we see that through in domestic violence, that pattern of abuse that takes place is a cycle of violence starting with kind of a tension-building phase where the the person who's being abused feels like they can't do anything right. They're always walking on eggshells. And then it kind of moves to this explosive or inciting incident where there is whatever the outburst of violence is, whether that's physical violence, emotional or manipulative violence, psychological abuse, whatever whatever that thing is. Um, and then it moves into this what's called a honeymoon phase where there's contrition and apology and I'm so sorry and promises that things will be better and hope that things will be better. And then the cycle just kind of starts again all over that. And so I think you make a really good point with children witnessing that, viewing that on an everyday basis, seeing that as the normal is a scary thing when we think about that that pattern continuing on into the future. And I want to just say again also that, you know, I think we all from the outside say, 
oh, well, I would just get out of that relationship or I would see that coming. But what we've talked about on this radio station this month is that uh, many people just fall into this and don't see those initial warning signs and then find it very difficult to get out of these relationships. I remember from our conversation with Melissa Garrier about Mm -hmm. coercive controlling, that was one of our Times Talk conversations. So we were reading examples of this from uh, articles in the New York Times, and they were talking about some of the examples being people that by every just popular definitions should have seen this. I believe one of the people that was sharing their story was a psychologist who dealt with family issues and especially issues of abuse. They themselves became the victim of abuse. And it took them, I believe, if I remember correctly, over four years to A, realize the situation that they were in, and then B, find a way out of it. Absolutely. And that's one of the reasons that having local community support resources is so incredibly important Um, It takes somebody an average of seven to nine times of attempting to leave an abusive relationship before they're able to be successful in leaving. And oftentimes what makes the difference is the access and availability of local community resources. Is there a domestic violence shelter in the community where that woman is going to be able to go stay with her children so that she can leave safely? Is there transitional housing so that as she begins to rebuild her life, she has a place to start making a new home that's not a shelter and, and they're helping her Are they helping her complete her education? Does she have her GED? Does she have any college credits? Is she trying to get into college? Having people at the shelter and in the community agency who can help assist with those matters of education. So again, so that woman can become self-sufficient and take care of herself and her family. There's all of these things that kind of compound to making it difficult for people to leave successfully. But if we're going to help enable folks to leave successfully, we've got to kind of bolster some of those community resources so that there is that opportunity, there is the access to safety and some of those sorts of things that are so crucial during that heightened. It's also the most dangerous time when someone's trying to leave an abusive relationship. The lethality risk increases tremendously at that moment. And uh, of course, as you mentioned from our statewide statistics, this is obviously a state where that is an issue. Access to those resources is an issue. But we're out of time in this segment, so we're going to take a short break right now. But if you're just joining us, we're talking with Jennifer Graham. She's the coordinator of the Women's Center at Georgia College. And she's here today to talk with us about the Clothesline Project, an event that happens here yearly at Georgia College to try to raise awareness about domestic violence. So please stay tuned, and we'll be right back with more Georgia College Connections. Thank you. 
Thank you for staying tuned to Georgia College Connections and WRGC 88.3 FM. Today, we're continuing the conversation about October as Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And in this episode of Georgia College Connections, we're talking about a way in which we observe Domestic Violence Awareness Month each year. And here at Georgia College, that's through the Clothesline Project, an awareness project that takes over the front campus for a week each year. I'm joined in the studio by Jennifer Graham, and Jennifer is the coordinator for the Women's Center at Georgia College. Now, in that last segment, we talked about the extent of domestic violence both in the United States and here in Georgia, a little bit about the different facets of domestic violence and how it really can reach out and affect everyone from young children, uh, men and women, regardless of your identity, I guess, in Mm -hmm. our society, you might find yourself or may know someone who's been the victim of domestic violence. Um, So it really, as you said, knows no bounds. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to transition over and talk about this local means of raising awareness about domestic violence, and that's through the Clothesline Project. Now, I just said local, but I know it's it's a nationwide and possibly an international effort to raise awareness. And so could you tell me a little bit about the Clothesline Project? Sure. Uh, it is one of my favorite programs that we do each year here at Georgia College. So the Clothesline Project is a national and international awareness project. It actually started in 1990 in Hyannis, Massachusetts, a small little town up in Massachusetts. And it started in the 90s. Those early 90s was a time where the AIDS quilt was making its rounds throughout the United States as kind of, again, a visual awareness campaign around the ways in which AIDS and HIV were impacting people's lives. And so the women of Hyannis, Massachusetts got together and realized that many of them had experienced some form of gender-based violence, whether that was domestic violence, stalking, sexual assault. Many of them had experienced something or knew someone who had. And so as they began talking and they, and they realized, you know, we, we've all got a story to tell, but how do we do this? Like, how do, we, how do we tell this story about this thing that is so hush-hush and society tells us we're not supposed to talk about? And so one of them had the idea of decorating T-shirts and hanging it out on clotheslines as if to air society's dirty laundry. And so that is how the Clothesline Project started. And they started that year in their small community with around 30 shirts. And it has grown again to take place in communities all across the nation and, in fact, in communities throughout the world. Here at Georgia College, we've been participating in Clothesline Project since the spring of 2003. And then we moved it to the fall of 2003. And we have held the Clothesline Project on campus during October of Domestic Violence Awareness Month for every fall since then. So it is one of the most meaningful and impactful weeks of the year of the work that we do. It is a week that invites survivors as well as friends and family of survivors of violence to decorate a t-shirt, to tell about their experience. How has gender-based violence impacted them? Having a space to share their story and to share that story in an anonymous way, it takes a great deal of courage to share one story. And this is a really beautiful way of adding a voice and adding a story into the stories of so many others. Since 2003, we have had over 700 shirts made on our campus, many of those by survivors, many, you know, and many of them by friends and family of survivors. And so they each, they each have a story to tell. 
some made by students, some made by faculty and staff, some made by community members. We've had the opportunity in the past to go into some community places and spaces and, and have clothesline project happen there too. And that's been a really wonderful thing. I was wondering if, as I said in the intro, you know, you were part of the group that brought the Clothesline Project here. Can you kind of talk about a, maybe a personal testimony about why you thought it was so important to bring here and how y'all went about uh, making this what is now a 10 plus year strong project here at Georgia College? Yeah. Um, so I really have to give credit to my former women's studies professor. She was on faculty here, Dr. Susan Cummings. My best friend, Jennifer Lindenberger, was in her women's studies class, and they were talking about violence against women. And the Clothesline Project came up, and Jennifer came to me, and she was like, hey, there's this, there's this thing. You should be involved in it. And so I worked with them on it and fell in love with women's studies during that time, decided to become a women's studies minor, fell in love with the work of preventing violence and raising awareness about violence. We started Clothesline Project that year. Those first few years, we were actually, our home on campus was through the Give Center. We were a registered student organization, much like GC Miracle or some of the other kind of student organizations doing service work. We collected t-shirts, blank t-shirts. We sought out places to, to make shirts and to have people share their stories. Uh, we worked with a couple of art classes that first year on um, making shirts having some spaces where folks could share their stories. And that first year, we actually went to um, to Emory University. They had had a clothesline project for a number of years. So we went and visited their women's center, um, talked to their then director, Allie Crown, about clothesline project and how they did it on their campus. We borrowed around 30 of their shirts, kind of keeping with that Hyannis, Massachusetts tradition of 30 shirts uh, to start with. We borrowed around 30 shirts and, and put it up on campus. And that first year, we had... I want to say around 50 shirts made by community members, including our campus community, so faculty, staff, students, as well as community members that first year. And it's just it's grown every year since then. Well, we're out of time again in this segment, so we're going to take another short break. But if you're just joining us, we're talking about the Clothesline Project, which is an annual event here on the Georgia College campus to raise awareness about domestic violence. Joining me in the studio is Jennifer Graham, and she's the coordinator of the Women's Center at Georgia College. So please stay tuned, and we'll be right back with more Georgia College Connections.
Thank you for staying tuned to Georgia College Connections on WRGC 88.3 FM. I'm your host, Daniel McDonald, and in this episode, we're again recognizing October as Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Joining me in the studio today is Jennifer Graham. Jennifer is the coordinator for the Women's Center at Georgia College, and she's talking with us today about the Clothesline Project, which is an annual event that's designed to raise awareness about domestic violence. In this segment, I was wondering if we could start off by asking you to just to talk about some of the connections that you've either made yourself or seen made through this annual project here at Georgia College. Yeah, I think one of the most beautiful things that Clothesline Project does is it allows survivors to know that they're not alone. When you go on front campus during the week, Clothesline Project is up. There are all these stories in front of you that you can read. And so for a survivor walking up, seeing all those, immediately you know I'm not the only one who's encountered this. And knowing that there is a community of folks on this campus who know what it's like, who've been where you've been, and, I and think that you're that, not alone. Yeah, and I think that speaks to what you were saying earlier about isolation being such a large part of what's happened when many people have experienced domestic violence. Absolutely. I wanted to ask you, in case people have never experienced it before, could you maybe describe what people might see if they walk up on the Clothesline Project for the first time? Sure. So you'll see tons of t-shirts of various colors all hanging between the trees on front campus. Each of the different colors of shirts represents a different form of violence. Yellow and orange representing dating domestic violence. Uh, Red and pink representing rape and sexual assault, white in memory of women who've died as a result of violence, black for women attacked because of a disability they may have had, purple lavender shirts for women who are attacked because of their sexual orientation or perceived gender identity, gray shirts for emotional abuse, and, and, and so forth. I'm sure I've forgotten a few colors along the way today. But we have all of the supplies necessary. If someone wants to come and make a shirt, we have blank shirts. We have art supplies. We have all of the things somebody needs to make a shirt. It does not cost any money to make a shirt. Um, We do an annual clothing, like a t-shirt drive on campus every year, and we get plenty of of donations for that. So it doesn't cost anything to make a shirt. Folks, after they make a shirt, are able to hang that shirt, and then it stays a part of the clothesline project and, and will be hung on our campus every year. That brings me to another question that I myself had. What happens with the shirts each year? Yeah, so we we keep them. We catalog them so that we're able to keep up with them, make sure that they're not damaged. We store them safely in the in-between time. Sometimes we will use some of those um, when we do educational programs other times of the year, when we do Take Back the Night in the Spring, for example, or, or other various things. But then they just get hung up again every year. And how can people get involved? People can absolutely like the Women's Center or Project Race Facebook pages. Those are the best ways to get in touch and to get plugged in on things going on, either with the Women's Center or Project Brave, which is our campus's comprehensive violence prevention education program, either GC Women's Center or GC Project Brave for Facebook folks. And that's the best way. Folks are able to make a teacher. They can stop by and volunteer if they'd like to volunteer for Clothesline Project, helping us staff it that week. That would be a wonderful thing. And folks can just, again, stop by, send us a message on Facebook. If someone wants to contribute a shirt or, shall I say, contribute creating a shirt during the project, can they do that during the project? Do they need to do it beforehand? or No, they can absolutely do that during the project. We'll have everything out that week that we're on front campus. So folks can just, again, just come up to us, make a shirt. However, if folks would like to make a shirt beforehand, they'd like to do that kind of in the privacy of their own home. And they can do that as well and then just bring a shirt and we will add it to the project. 
Uh, of course, we're already into the month of October now, but I was wondering if you could share if there are any other um, events, conversations going on at Georgia College in Baldwin County that are a part of uh, Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Absolutely. So we have lots of things going on this month around uh, Domestic Violence Awareness Month. We have got a number of BRAVE trainings, which are bystander intervention education programs on campus. So we'll have Purple Thursday on the 20th, and so that's the time for folks to wear purple and and let folks know that they are in support of Domestic Violence Awareness Month. We'll have a talk sex program as well on the 20th. It's about staying inside the line, so talking about boundaries within uh, relationships, learning to identify those red flags, those kind of warning signs for things. Um, We'll have a brave step-up bystander intervention training on October 25th from 5 to 8.30 in Student Activity Center. And then we'll have conversation with our brave peer facilitators who will be facilitating a program around relationships and intimate partner violence on October 22nd in Arts and Sciences 272 from 7 to 9 p.m. So we got lots of ways for folks to get involved this month. Many of our listeners may not have any connection beyond just listening to this radio station uh, with Georgia College. Are these all open uh, to the public? Absolutely. Well, Jennifer, I want to thank you very much for uh, bringing this very important conversation to our radio audience. Thank you so much for having me here. Again, it has been my pleasure. You've been listening to Georgia College Connections on WRGC 88.3 FM. Today, we're talking about the Clothesline Project, which is an annual event to raise awareness about domestic violence. It is happening on the Georgia College campus as a part of Domestic Violence Awareness Month, which stretches throughout October. Joining me in the studio today was Jennifer Graham. Jennifer is the coordinator of the Women's Center at Georgia College. I've been your host, Daniel McDonald. It's been my pleasure to share this portion of the evening with you here on Georgia College Connections, and I want you to know that I look forward to convening with you next time.